Plundergrounds, Plundergrounds, welcome back to a brand new show. Ray's gonna take you where you didn't know you wanted to go. Fantasy and dungeon delve, science fiction, watch yourselves. Hello everybody, this is Ray Otis with another Plundergrounds, and today I am going to talk about Gozer, G-O-Z-R, Gozer, by James West. Uh, this book is a little larger than zine-sized. It's well. Let me start with what it is, right? <laughs> Get to the talk about the size before I even talk about the game. It's it's a role-playing game, as you might expect, listening to this channel. Um, it is a post-apocalyptic, let's say. Um, although it doesn't really focus on, yeah, it does, I guess, on the apocalypse. Um, here, let's just read. Let's just read the pitch from the beginning. James will do a much better job selling it than I would. Gozer, angry sky bleeds upon a fallen world. Sky worms hunt meat. Fallen towers radiate fading spells. Pretty ones rot in the dirt. Lost. The goos rise. This is an adventure role-playing game in which you play weirdos called goos in a broken future world. The long-dead pretty people left ruins to explore where you may steal great riches or discover ways to save the earth. To play, you need two to six players and dice. One player, the Goose Master, GM, orchestrates the world with its many weird monsters, electric wizards, and sinister robots. A million years ago, Goose were born. You were ugly, low, less than scum, riffraff, suboptimal pests, dirty, dinky, degenerates. Yet the angry earth cast off the pretties while sparing Goose to live. Why? Um, so this is, <clears throat> the Goose is just like a, a generic name for all the mutated humanoids that are left uh, behind. And so think uh, Ralph Bakshi's Wizards. Think uh, uh, maybe a tad bit of Gamma World, but, but um, much more sword and sorcery than Gamma World. Um, th think Thundar the Barbarian, Pirates of Blackwater, all the, all the cartoons that I love. Um, at least the feel of. I mean, you know, they're not endlessly watchable, but I do, but I do love the the whole um, you know visceral feeling of those cartoons and the visuals and all that. Uh, so th that's what this game is like. Now, <clears throat> this is an unusual uh, an unusual game. Uh, James West is an artist, and he approaches his games as if. Uh, their art in a lot of ways. He does the Black Pudding magazine. Uh, he's done a game called Super Kala. I think he's still working on a game called Lizards and Wizards um, or Wizard Lizards, something like that. Um, but he's done a lot in the in the scene. I, I think he originally made a game called The Pool, which is uh, got became kind of a I don't know a watchword among uh, the story game generation, if I remember right. So. Uh, so this this zine this this book sorry this book is uh, almost ten and a half inches tall by almost uh, six and three quarters inches wide. Okay, so it's a little larger than your typical zine. It's got a full color high gloss cover. Um, I'm looking at the soft cover edition right now. I've got the hard cover edition at home. I backed both in the Kickstarter days. Um, the only difference is other than being a hardback versus a soft cover is that uh, the hardcover has a couple extra art panels in it, uh, which is which is really cool. I, so the, I, you know, I'm sure those just came from the, the change in format. But uh, this has, let's see, that would be 52 pages if you include the cover, uh, 48 numbered pages interior. Uh, every single page in this thing, 
aside from the character sheet, which is the character sheet is black and white and gray for photocopying. But every other page in here is full color, um, illustrated, most of the time packed with uh, what looked like handwritten, but I believe he made a font based on his handwriting. Um, uh, handwritten uh, rules and tables and uh, just awesome like flavor stuff, um, spells, odd artifacts, um, you know, cool um, cool things for your character, like uh, random belt buckles and <laughs> different uh, accoutrements. Uh, so, <clears throat> and it's all that it uses color heavily. Um, and the way these tables are done, since they're kind of uh, kind of handwritten, they're often tucked in in odd places. Um, not odd for the flow of the information, but odd if you just if you just flip this thing open it's crazy to look at i mean it's crazy it's a lot to absorb um i'll put a i'll put a picture up of a couple pages maybe on my uh, viridian scroll, scroll blog so you can have a look at it uh it it's a little daunting but i sat and read it in one reading last night with the exception that i didn't like read every spell for instance or everything in every table i prefer not to do that because i like to be surprised at the table uh, by some of the stuff and not just like read through every single thing. Some people like the, the you know, to get the full Monty and read through it. But, you know, this thing has everything you need to play a game. It's um, It's got its own rule set. It's a D20 roll on or over. You only have three, uh, what he calls them action classes, but they're basically stats, right? You got cunning, magic and prowess so cunning is your stealth charisma deception thievery prowess is your fight run jump action athletics and magic is knowledge arcane aptitude there's really only two classes per se although everyone can cast some manner of spells vulgar vulgar magic he calls it um uh, which are just really simple tricks but uh, and some, and a lot of, of these goozers have kind of mutant things like maybe eye rays or something like that. But there's, there are true, true, um, there are wizards, let's put it that way, because true magic is a whole different class in itself in this game. There's a, you know, there's, there's vulgar magic, there's a sorceress or wiz wizardry, and then there's true magic. Um, true magic can't be countered or anything. And then like vulgar magic is very easily countered, but um, it's just so much. I don't know where to start talking about this. <laughs> so basically, you've got those three action classes. You're old D20. You're trying to get on or over those action classes. Um, you uh, you have hit points. Hit points are in that kind of 15 to 20 range to start. And you have a defense score that's mostly your armor as a character. Uh, creatures have a different kind of defense um as as is typical you know of, of games that like you know, representing um bony plates and things like that dragon scales or whatnot um yeah it's got tables of names it's got backgrounds it's got a um got a, a really cool adventure generator in one page uh it's got a map it's got in, uh, encounter tables for the map it's uh got a table of recent events it's got a table for interesting wizard desk because when wizards die, it's always dramatic. Um, it's got uh, familiars. It's got it's got all kinds of crazy stuff. It's a setting 
that is implied by the rules itself. Like there's not a lot of information on the setting other than what's in the tables, uh, which is which is the way I prefer. It's, it's it's a much more creative way to do setting. It's just kind of the the gestalt of the whole thing is the setting, but there's no there's no like um, rote setting here that you have to follow. And uh, you know the pictures are nuts. The the, the pictures are like super. Um, energizing to look at. They're uh, cartoonish in style, kind of that Von Bode, um, yeah, yeah, kind of that style, maybe R. Crumb, you know, the, a little bit of uh, gritty 70s uh, psychedelic comic art, essentially. Um, and there are a couple full page pieces in the soft cover and a few more, in, as I mentioned, in the hardcover that are just gorgeous. I mean, uh, J- James has a real uh, gift, I think, for color. Uh, and knowing when and how to use color. Um, sometimes he uses it to, to help you uh, make sense out of the tables and uh, by separating them. And in fact, I'm looking at a, um, the Adventure Machine page, which is page 27, which uh, uh, roll on the table to create adventures, and each of the tables has kind of a colored background to keep it separate from the other tables, and um, there are nine tables on this page right? But it doesn't look chaotic at all. In fact, there's nine tables on the page and a almost a quarter page illustration in one corner. So <laughs> that's pretty amazing. And the, the font is not tiny. It's totally readable. It's, it's uh, you know, I'm trying to th- about as wide as my pinky nail here. Maybe not quite that tall, but, um, you know, good sized font. Like I would call that a, mm, I'd call it a, an 11, right? 11, 12, in that neighborhood um, point font. And, uh, yeah, I, I found this all quite readable. Um, the only thing I would say is that as you're reading through, some things aren't explained and you have to, they're all there, but you have to put them together in your head, um, or wait on them. There are some things you just have to wait on. So, uh, like when you're, I don't know, when you're rolling, cause some of it is, is, uh, interesting names too, right? Like you might roll a spell called eat it. And you don't know what that means until you go look at the eat it spell, which basically trips somebody and they end up facing the dirt. Uh, it's a vulgar magic spell. And then uh, uh, there's a, a, a weapon called a, let's see, what's this weapon called? Uh, a balder dash, right? So, and a folks. I don't know what a folks is yet. I haven't looked at that one, but the balder dash is kind of like a blunderbuss. Um, and so you have these different you know, things reference that you just have to wait and they'll be there um, and look out for them. And so it takes a little bit of skill, I think, as a reader to kind of put it all together. But it's um, surprisingly well organized given how chaotic it looks when you first open it. Um, and But it's just, it's just full of cool ideas. You could spend a lot of time just generating things in here. And in fact, if, as, a, as a GM, I think that's the way you'd approach it. Like, there's a whole page here. Uh, this is page, what page am I on? I'm on page 28, and it's just called Towers. And it says, uh, each day of travel, you have a two and six chance of spotting a tower. Most of them leak sorcery and hold secrets. So there's D6, D6 tower traits. Uh, there's D6 conditions. There's a how tall table, a D20 how ta- tall table. You know what? Let's just let's, uh, let's have some fun here and generate one. Let me get out my, get out my pocket dice. I'm going to pause the recording while I, while I grab the dice out of my bag. They're not actually in my pocket. They're in my bag. Okay, I'm back. I'm back, and I've got my uh, book propped up here so I can roll my dice. I've only got a D20 and D6s, so we'll make do with that. I don't think there's any 
every once in a while you'll see like D8 tables and D12 tables, but I think I'm good for this for this page. All right. Oh, there's a D100, but we'll we'll figure that out. Um, we'll roll a D6 for the um, and ignore sixes, and one through five will be different categories of twenty, right? And we'll roll a D20. So uh, all right. So D, let's start with the 66 tower traits. Uh, I got my little D6s and a and a um, an acorn like you get out of a little plastic acorn like you get toys out of a vending machine. So it's like a pop-o-matic. <laughs> this is my pocket dice. I've got, um, I keep a D20 and a 2D6 of one color and 1D6 of another color. And, and that suits me for a lot of things. Um, and it's all very compact. All right. So the tower traits are going to be 32, which is uh, distant voices. And it says roll a few. So uh, the tower is marked by distant voices and bleeding walls. Um, how tall is this tower? It is D20. Oops, almost rolled off the table. What a rube. Uh, five. It's reasonably tall. Um, not not huge. And it's how thick is it? It is ooh very broad. So it's it's more broad than tall. Um, in fact, it probably take a while to ride around it. Uh, for instance, when you see it, uh, and is it upright? It is three. It is level. So yeah, it's this one actually doesn't tilt or anything. Um, probably cause it's so squat and not so tall. Um, tower, more tower traits. Let's see. There's another 66 table. I got a 13. It's a dimensional portal. Ooh. Okay. The front door is missing so there is no front door this seems dangerous <laughs> it's got dimensional portal inside but there's no front door so people can just wander in and like you know get go maybe this is how the characters got to this weird world um maybe they're well, no they want to be goozers right so they, they have to start here um maybe this is how they get off this terrible world right game over um they find this tower they walk out they they go through the portal and they either end up someplace great like um you know uh new york city in the i don't know what will be the best decade for New York City? <laughs> my, my, I, I sort of, I don't know. I want to get into that. All right. Um, <laughs> um, and, uh, or they end up in like, you know, the elemental plane of uh, fire or something. Right. Now, um, condition, general condition. That is a six. It's restored. Wow. Somebody, so some, somebody's in here. They've, they're taking care of this. Maybe there's some kind of guardian of the, of the uh, portal. Right trappings let's roll a couple times on this one we get a 56 which is coffin 16 drum and sofa <laughs> so whoever's here likes comfort um i i'm gonna go with a harry dresden concept if you've read the dresden files there's a um is this mild spoilers I don't think so. This is kind of a world detail. Uh, necromancers use drums in that uh, in that series uh, to like you know that's how they animate the dead is with the beat. And so I'm going to have a, um, a a a necromancer, kind of a flabby necromancer that likes to be comfortable, uh, lives in here, um, and he does things with a drum. And he's got coffins because that's where he keeps his uh, uh, you know servants and soldiers when they're not in when they're not activated, right? So there's the trappings. Have I got everything here? Front door, trappings, conditions, how thick. Oh, inhabited by. Ah, here's the D20 table. All right, so the first thing is we roll the D6. 
we got a two. That means we're um, not one to 20, but 21 to, to uh, 40, right? Now I'll roll the d20. And I got a 16. So that would be 36 or 37. Yeah, it'd be 36, right? 36. So um, a 36 is a mad despot, okay? Well, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. It, so it all comes together pretty well. All right, so that's the tower. Uh, that's the tower we run into. This game, I think, is um, one that, like I said, you could spend a lot of time rolling on it as a GM and, like, prepare, uh, quote-unquote, prepare a lot of stuff that's still random, but you don't have to roll it at the table, per se. Um, if you're a programmer, you could make a bunch of, you could, translate all these into things that you could get at the push of a button which is kind of cool because you could then um, you wouldn't have to spend the time rolling them up but you also could be surprised uh, but if you're a GM that doesn't like to be surprised and doesn't like to roll with things excuse me you could of course roll them ahead of time or you could sit there and roll them at the table and just let everybody be in on the fun maybe ever you know say hey you give me a d66 and you give me a d66 and you give me a d20 roll and you give me a d100 roll and then just like you know when everybody comes up with their things you just grab them and and uh, make notes and go um yeah but it's just it's just chock full of ideas i highly recommend this book i really do it's it's super cool um i think the people it's going to turn off are people that don't like this kind of art, right? Um, the uh, what's the Phil? Um, oh, there's a husband-wife artist team. Uh, Fo Fo is it um, That their art kind of it kind of reminds me of that as well. Um, but you know, you may not like the art. Um, you may, although I think it's quite attractive. Ultimately, I, it's even if you don't. The the Goozers look a little bit like Shrek, by the way. They got the little funnel ears and mostly bald. And <laughs> although there's, I say mostly bald. There's a there's a whole table for hair. Um, what kind of hair your Goozer has? Uh, in fact, let's let's roll that because I'm not having much hair anymore. This is this is important to me. Let's see what my it's a D twenty roll for. Oh, uh, okay, we'll just do it in here. Uh, ooh, I kind of I got a seven. Almost had a one. Oh, seven is still no hair. I'm still bald. All right. Uh, but you got like mohawks and flowing and uh, spiked and thin and crested and animated. Well, animated hair. That would have been cool. All right. Uh, but yeah, you, so yeah, there's a table for the color of your blood. Uh, there's a table for your skin, hair, and eye color. Now, a lot of these are optional. Um, he does this cool little thing where the tables right at the top of the table. There's either a red star, which means it's assigned, or, assigned by the GM or rolled by the player. And then there's um, a brown, kind of looks like an eye. Uh, it says uh, chosen or rolled, so the player can choose or roll it. Um, the moon, a little yellow moon, and that means it's optional. And a blue skull, which means it's optional, but it's also a high-risk, high-reward table. So you can roll on that, and you might get something really cool, but you might also get something that sets your character back. Can I find one of those easily? Let's, where's a, let me find one of these suckers. Does he use this? Where is this optional Oh, those are those are for the talents. Hang on. I don't see one here. They must be. Oh, uh, it says for non wizards only. Do you know a vulgar spell? All right. Uh, here we go. So this is just our d6 roll. So this one's pretty simple. And I got a five. You know one vulgar spell. Um, the one on a one that says no, and you can never learn any. Um, and on a six, you know D3 vulgar spells. You might as well be a wizard. <laughs> See page 30. 
Um, and and uh, yeah, so there's there's like there's there's a table here for ear shapes, and the ears are actually drawn. So you you get little drawings of what kind of ear you might have. Uh, it's so clever. It's it's um. So I'm getting I've lost my train of thought here. Um, it may not appeal to people that don't like the the um, highly colorful, uh, flavorful nature of this thing. It's a little gonzo, right? A little, not a lot. Um, I, I've seen gonzo settings that I, I, this one might look really gonzo on the surface, but ultimately I feel like the, the rules are all pretty sane. Um, and think you don't have like uh, results on tables like, oh, you turn into a frog. It's like, what do you do with that? You know, it's like, you're, you're never, I don't know. Who, who knows? I said that maybe that's in here somewhere, but, um, I've seen some like Troika, I think, is a little too gonzo. It goes a little too far into the gonzo. Um, but uh, meaning, uh, what do I mean by that? I mean, I mean things happen that are kind of funny and clever and interesting, but they can also be, they can also kind of wreck the fun if not, if you don't take them carefully. Like, okay, so, you know, with a, so you turn into a frog, it doesn't like specify anything else. So I would say as a GM, I'd say like, okay, that's, that's for a day or for, you know, six hours or something like that. Um, because otherwise it's like, that's the end of that character. And sure, character death is a thing, but is that really, you know, just from miscasting a spell? Is that how you want to go? Um, or how you want your game to go? So um, so it's not for that. And it's not for people who um, don't like their um, wizardry and super science mixed up. I don't know those people. They're not friends of mine. Um, actually, I do know one. <laughs> Shout out to Paul. Hi, Paul, um, if you're listening. And uh, that's it. Other than that, I, I think it's great. Um, oh, you know what? It's um, it's probably not a very accessible book. I don't know if James offers any kind of like plain text file version of it um, that would be machine reader friendly. But uh, unless you can see a little bit and have a you know like magnifying tool i don't you're not going to get anything to you're not going to get any software to read this thing it's going to be impossible I, I think so i just don't think this is a very accessible product but um but it is incredibly incredibly cool and so that's that's uh, gozer by james west Okay, what else are we got to talk about today? Let's do some. Let's do some free rolling. Um, I have been doing a lot of crafty stuff, which is, kind of explains the last two weeks of absence. I, I got on a roll of. I go through phases, right? So, like earlier this year, I read forty-seven books. Usually, I try to read fifty books a year. I had. I was at like forty-seven by. Um, like March, <laughs> I got I got crazy on a on a, a, a string of uh, a series of books. I think it was the Parker series, uh, finishing those up, and so I just read one right after the other, right. And uh, that happens sometimes. So after reading a bunch, I kind of put the books away for a while and uh, moved on to some other stuff. Um, lately, it's been watching TV. I watched all three seasons of The Boys, which was brilliant, but not for everybody. Again, it's a little, it's pretty risque. Like you wouldn't really want to just show it to anybody. Um, if you're okay with like South Park level of humor um, and just really biting sarcasm and ultraviolence and all that kind of stuff you'll you'll like it but it's uh it's very gory and goofy um but otherwise i it's one of those shows where everything is uh stupid and weird and at the same time absolutely representative of our world <laughs> i felt like like yes we don't have superheroes but we do have these um uh, mega maniacal corporations right that are just 
Yeah. Well, and, and crooked politicians and all that kind of stuff. And so some of it seems all too real, even though the whole thing is completely um, unreal. Um, what else did I watch? I've been watching House of Dragons, although I, I think I'm done with that, honestly. I think I'm going to quit on it. Um, and if I didn't, if I wasn't a huge Tolkien fan, I would probably quit on Rings of Power, too. Um, they did it. I'm just going to say House of Dragons. Um, no, no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers here, because this is. Uh, yeah, you can. Yeah, they do a time jump. Okay, they do a, a little bit of a time jump in the storytelling, and uh, some of the actors are replaced, and some are not. And and this wasn't the thing that ultimately turned me off, but it, it is a problem, I think, and I want to call it out. The uh, female characters, who um, there's a couple younger female characters who get replaced uh, just outright. They use different actresses um, for the t- after the time jump. But there's a bunch of male characters that they just either use makeup to make them look older or um, one in one case, they don't even bother. It looks That person looks exactly the same. And the time jump is like, I don't know, 13 years, something like that, 14 years. Um, nuts, right? That's That's problematic to me. I don't... Like, really? You're going to replace the two female actresses and not the male actresses or actors? Um, I, yeah. So th- that that really bothered me. But also, I don't really... The story seems to... I, I sort of know where it's going and sort of don't know where it's going at the same time. Like, um, I'll, some of what's going to happen feels like it's uh, faded from the beginning. But other things, uh, like character motivations and stuff, seem a little slippery to me. So that's just my own opinion on that. Um, uh, Rings of Power is uh, visually stunning, and uh, so is so is House of House of Dragons. Honestly, just visually amazing. The acting, I can't fault the acting. I don't fault the the production values. They're incredible, right? It's the storytelling uh, for both of these that I find a little off putting. Rings of Power is cool. It's visually just unbelievable, beautiful. You can see where all the money went. Um, acting is good, I think, for the most part. Um, but as a Tolkien fan, I, I, I feel like I'm not sure they know their audience. I think their audience is people who love the Peter Jackson movies, honestly. Um, they're not diehard Tolkien fans because, and yet they are. Like So they have all these like inside bits um, that you can see coming if you know the Tolkien lore. Um, even sometimes it's just a name. Like there's a character named Isildur. And if you know... Tolkien, you know, Isildur is going to do something big, right? But if you don't, he just is a character for now. Uh, nothing. I mean, it seems like an interesting character, but you don't really know where he's going. Um, but there's there's more, even more cryptic stuff than that, right? Um, and uh, some of that I can appreciate as um, as a fan of Tolkien. Other things that they've they've taken some liberties with the whole Tolkien mythology. Um, it doesn't seem to know exactly where it's set in the timeline that Tolkien has. It's kind of a different thing. It's like an alternate universe, an alternate Middle Earth in a way. And that bothers me on some level. It's like, okay, I get some of the changes. For instance, like Peter Jackson did this with Lord of the Rings. He made some changes there. 
I don't agree with all of them. And yet I understand every single one of them because he had to film it. Right. And that's a different thing than telling a story in a book. So I'm, I'm okay with all the changes made in Lord of the Rings, including like moving lines from one character to another and introducing um, more female characters. Um, Arwen is the big one. You know, she's in the books, but she's not important, uh, but uh, not much important, uh, not very important, but she's more important in the, in the movies. Right. Um, although Tolkien wrote, uh, he didn't write very many female characters, but when he did, he, he did good ones. So, um, Galadriel and um, Eowyn are two female characters that come to mind that are just, I guess, Goldberry in a way too, but, you know, really strong female characters. Well, uh, the the series, no spoilers, but the series does some weird things that ha- ha- finds me a little off-put. So here, I'm sitting, I've got my wife watching it with me, and she knows nothing. Uh, she read the, uh, she knows a lot, sorry. Uh, let me rephrase that. She knows nothing about Tolkien, um, very little about Tolkien. She read The Hobbit once upon a time, I think, but has never touched The Lord of the Rings, um, hasn't watched the movies, doesn't like that sort of thing particularly, and... So I've got her on one end of the couch watching this as somebody that just has no idea what's going on with some of the subtleties, right? It's just following the story. And I'm on my end of the couch knowing too much, uh, knowing, you know, having read the Cimmerian a couple times and, and the trilogy and the Hobbit multiple, multiple times. And even some of the like appendices and things like that. I haven't read much of the history books beyond that, but, um, you know, I've read the well, I've read a number of things, right, Tolkien. I've read enough and, and uh, been enough of a nerd about it that I know enough to know when they're departing heavily from the storyline. Um, and so, you know, I, I feel like the audience they're shooting for is this invisible person on the couch between us who um, only knows the Steve Jackson movies <laughs> and just loves the visuals and the songs and all that kind of stuff. Um, all right. Um, and that's a pretty narrow audience, I feel like. Well, Although maybe it's wider than the, either of the two of us. I don't, I don't know. Um, okay, so then the other thing I've been doing is I've been very crafty lately. Uh, I, I pulled out Castle Grayskull, my Castle Grayskull GM screen, and did some work on it. Um, still tuning it up just a little bit because I'm going to take it to Gary Khan this year and run games out of it. And uh, thinking of that as my whole gaming suitcase. So everything I use at the table has to fit inside of there. And uh, that's that's going to be fun. It's kind of a fun little challenge. I'm not going to have any problem at all, actually. I'm surprised how much storage there is in that. It's kind of the size of a travel uh, a carry-on suitcase. Um, you know, almost exactly the size of a carry-on suitcase. And um, so it can fit a lot, even though it's kind of molded in, in such a way that not all the space is, is very usable. Um and so I've been working on that, and I've been I chronicled um, from pictures that I took throughout the process. I started this a couple of years ago, mostly finished it a couple of years ago, but now I'm just kind of tuning it up. Um, so if you go to my blog, The Viridian Scroll, you can see pictures of me working on uh, Castle Grayskull. Actually, you can see pictures of, uh, of work being done on Castle Grayskull. I don't think there's any me in those pictures. Um, and uh, then I, um, I had this weird, my wife had bought this shadow box for some other purpose and decided not to use it. And so she asked me if I wanted it. And of course I did. Um, so I hung it next to my dresser. And for a while, it has all these little individual compartments that are maybe mm, like two and a half inches by three inches tall and two inches deep, something like that. So it's kind of a weird shape. And for a while I had Lego characters in there and was trying to collect like full sets of like, uh, do the whole fellowship, you know, and Lego characters and things like that, but they didn't fit real well. Like there's a lot of wasted space for something like that. And what I really wanted to do was put my D and D miniatures in there. My classic ones, I've been painting, ordering and painting like miniatures from, 
um, roughly from 1977 through 1986 or is kind of my range. Most, you know, lead stuff, um, old uh, Heritage and Grenadier and TSR and some Ralph Partha, um, maybe some early Citadel. And so I had a bunch of that stuff and I bought some more and I've been painting those and uh, I wanted a diorama for those. So I went whole hog and cut out sections of that. Uh, cut out the dividers from uh, from one direction of that uh, uh, and left the horizontals of that shadow box. And then I cut some of those uh, verticals down and put some of them back in to make sections and, and lined it with um, uh, just printed out on a laser printer some like dungeonscape uh, like you know uh, stone walls and things uh, double stick tape those inside of there different colors per level um, and then loaded it up with with miniatures I this this is phase one I think I feel like I want to call it done I there's an important thing about for me about right now about finishing projects rather than like letting them go on forever and uh, this one I wanted to call done but I'd like to go back and add like stairs and ledges and things like that so I can get more display space for the miniatures, but also just make it look more interesting because I have doors in between. I don't want the background to overwhelm the characters. I originally thought I was going to paint scenes in there or use scenes from things like uh, Keep on the Borderlands and Tomb of Ele- Elemental, uh, not Tomb of Elemental Evil, Tomb of Horrors. And, uh, you know, like use classic paintings and kind of touch them up and stick them in there. Um, so, you know, that would have been really cool, but then it might have taken it you might be looking more at that than the miniatures and so i decided to go a little more basic also i just you know perfect cinema done and i wanted achievable goals i haven't chronicled that yet on my blog but i will i've got um i've got pictures and everything ready to go um i killed my patreon maybe that wasn't the smartest move but i'm just uh, i once again like trying to figure out how to contain myself (laughs) to some focus right uh focus and complete uh right now are kind of words for me so I'm using my blog. Um, if you really, that's where most of most of my stuff will go on the blog, um, and most of my um, ephemeral kind of thoughts are more on Discord and such. It might be kind of hard to seek those out, um, other than here on the podcast. Uh, and uh, so yeah, I'm trying to get down to a couple channels, and I think my blog, this podcast, um, my just hanging out on Discord. I'm not sure if there'll be anything else. Um, the one other thing I'm doing right now. Though I did get back on Instagram for a little while, but now I remember why I hate it, which is just the constant ads. Otherwise, it's fine, I think. Um, it's not quite the social media that other things are because it's not word-based. It's picture-based, so there's not a lot of... Um, I don't see a lot of memes on there, which is good, and therefore there's not a lot of like political content or stupidity, although there's plenty of stupidity to go around. But, um, but it's full of ads. And so, But the thing I, that got me back on there for a little while anyway is um there's an artist um uh, sean arberg i think is his name uh, and he has a website called goblinco um it's like goblin with ko on the end of it uh, goblin co probably but with a k instead of a c i guess now that i think about that uh and he does these very cool like um high color tattoo like acid fantasy uh, drawings and uh, he's got a game called dungeon De- degenerates that i've heard good things about I don't have that. Um, I do have some of his stickers, but he has uh, he put out prompts for October. Um, October is a big creative month, and um, 
there's a series called Inktober that I've done before where they give you a different prompt every day and you, you do something with it. Um, you'd, you'd make a drawing every day. And when I was getting back into drawing, it'd been a long time and I was really rusty and, uh, man, within like seven, eight days I had my skills back, right? Like it comes back to you. I mean, certainly it, it takes a while to get all of it back, but, um, I was, I felt like I was back like 70% after a couple days of drawing. When you draw every day, it's a big deal. Well, um, Sean has put out a monster drawing club series of prompts. Now, I don't know if he does this every month. If he does, maybe I'll try to keep up. Although, um, you know, I, I don't, I try not to spend more than five, 10 minutes on my drawings every day. Um, because I got so many other things going on, but I've really been enjoying doing these and it's hard not to work ahead, um, doing these little drawings. And I've been putting those up on the Viridian scroll, but I've also been putting them out there on discord and Instagram and everywhere else I can think of, um, because I like, you know, that's the kind of thing where you want people to see it and respond to it and see what people like, what people don't like. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've been doing those too. So lots of stuff going on. Uh, some of it has distracted me from being on the mic. There's also just been kind of a general, I, you know, I've had the downs. Um, I, I'm prone to some depression. So I've had the downs last couple of weeks and it's uh, been hard to get to the mic. I've been a little afraid of the mic. Um, but yeah, I'm back and, um, I hope to be recording soon. I still plan on doing, uh, zine, uh, November. I, I need a cool name for that. Um, no, no, Vinzer, no, no, Zener. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't work well, does it? I should have picked a month that where you can work zine into the name better. Um, uh, for, you know, or something like that. But, uh, but zine Vember just doesn't really sound good. So it's just going to be all zines in November. Uh, I'm going to try to cover as many as I can, get through some of my backlog, and I'm going to give uh, uh, some away, I think. So stay tuned for that. Um, I'd be happy to, um, I'll probably just after every show, um, have people email me for a couple days, names, and then roll off and see who gets it. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the plan. I'm going to give away some zines, and that way people get ones they're interested in, and I, I move some things out of my collection and on, because, uh, you know, life's short, and my kids don't want this crap. Um, actually, one of them might, uh, but, <laughs> but, um, but uh, no, he's more of a 5e you know, kind of kid. So, um, he's got his own, he's collecting his own things. Right. And so I want these to get into the hands of people who will appreciate them and play with them if I'm not going to. And, uh, yeah, that's it for today. Uh, hope you all have a, a great week and I'll talk to you again real soon. Remember to play games you care about, to play games with people you care about and to care for the people you play games with until next time, look out for those rust monsters. <laughs>